G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. And as we delve into this week's topic, a reminder that some of the content may be of a sensitive nature. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Des. Well, welcome to this week's Momentum. It is uh, Tim and Des with you once again all around Australia. We really, really appreciate you tuning in and taking some time to uh, spend some time with us. MomentumAustralia.org is the website. Love you to check that out after the show. Find out a bit more about who we are, what we aim to do, and, uh, you know, some of the shows that we've done thus far. Also, if you'd like to financially support this ministry, we'd really, really appreciate that as well. MomentumAustralia.org. But let's throw to my co-host and friend, Des. How are you this week, my friend? Are you good? Um, I'm, as always, I'm really good, man. Thank you. Uh, I trust you're well too. And uh, an exciting show ahead of us today. But I just want to say that we have a new support line for men, which we call Momentum Caroline. And we're so blessed to have this number. It's one 800 men which is 636. The service is actually provided by our friends at Caroline Connections. Any man can reach out and get help seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. The number again, one 800 men or 636. Yeah, get connected, guys. I'd love you to use the number and uh, stay in touch as well. And, of course, you can reach out to us at the MomentumAustralia.org website as well. You may have heard that uh, the saying that the first wealth is health. And if you've ever had a season where you've been unwell or you've suffered an injury, uh, you'll know how much that impacts on your everyday life, your mental health as well. Uh, it can also make you reevaluate what is really, really important. And to that end, we have with us today the CEO of the Bible League Australia, Hilton Edwards, who has survived at battle with cancer. We're going to unpack that story today and and hear how that season affected him and his outlook on life. Welcome to Momentum, Hilton. Thank you. It's really great to be here. Uh, I love the, what you guys do, and uh, yeah, it's just good to be a part. Yeah, well, we're grateful, mate, because, uh, you know, I mean, this is actually the first time that we've talked about cancer on Momentum. Mm. Uh, After, I think, 80-odd episodes, we've never actually broached this subject. So, thanks for agreeing to come on the show and and share your journey with us and your story. I suppose before we get to that part of your life, obviously, if in those few seconds that you just spoke, guys have gone, okay, so he's not from Australia, (laughs) there's an accent. (laughs) Tell us a bit about your backstory. Yes, uh, South African. I'm sure you've picked it up. And uh, yeah, my South African friends say to me, I sound too Aussie now because I use words like heaps and g'day mate and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, yeah born and bred South African, uh, born in Port Elizabeth, uh, spent the first 18 years of my life there, uh, then went to the army. Uh, we had to do army in South Africa, so mm. conscription, so did two years of army. And uh, yeah, uh, Never really interested in, in faith. Uh, my mother was a Christian. She dragged me along to, to uh, church and uh, not really interested. Uh, yeah, after 
after school and, and, and throughout the army time, I was very much off the tracks uh, mm. and did all sorts of experimenting with all sorts of things. And, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just we'll, we'll leave that to our imagination. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, just, just really not in a good place. And um, it, took, it took a lot to get me back uh, to, to where God wanted me to be. And um, yeah, so for the first part of my life, very much off track. And then finally uh, came back to... Yeah, to God. And mm. uh, really, uh, through, I suppose, circumstance, but I suppose we don't really think of it like that because we know God plans our, mm. our, our path for us. Mm. And um, sure. And then eventually uh, coming across to Australia, uh, you know, so in 2011. So it's it's been a, a, a journey um, and, and an exciting one, but also had some stuff happen over that time, which, uh, yeah, is, is uh, good to be able to share. Yeah. What age did you come to faith? So I came to faith in 2002. Right. So, yeah, I was already in my 30s. Um, it's probably quite late to come to faith. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's cool. never too late. To I know. I, I know that. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think for me, you know, if, if people know me, they'll know that Hilton's got two speeds, fast and off. Yes. And uh, <laughs> so, so they know I kind of like to get stuck in and get stuff done. And so for me, yeah. when I came to faith, I thought, man, you know, I've, I've, I've really missed out on 30 years of my life here because I've, I've you know, wandered in, in the mm. wilderness, so to speak, mm. for a long, long time. Um, but then I came into faith and, and really got stuck into to doing stuff here. Uh, it's amazing, actually, because I can outdo you. Uh, I was uh, I was well into my late mid fifties uh, when I came to Christ, and and actually it's interesting. I had exactly the same view. I have wasted all these years, and I, I needed to catch up, so to speak, or serve God more, uh, uh, and dedicate my life more to serving because it wasted so many years. So I I totally get that. So you came to faith in your thirties. You arrived in Australia. I think you said twenty eleven. Yeah. Um, when were you diagnosed then with cancer? Okay, so 2009. So we're rewinding back to okay. South Africa. Right. Okay, so um, I was actually going to go on, on holiday to Zanzibar. And um, part of the process is you need to actually get a yellow fever jab. And so I went to go and get my yellow fever jab. And the GP was my normal GP and he was the travel doctor. Right. So he kind of looks mm-hmm. at me and says, oh, Hilton, you know, you haven't, uh, you know, been in for a long time to come and visit and I said well you're not exactly my destination of choice <laughs> why would I want to you know kind of thing and he, he said well you know you, you're getting on in years you know and uh, you know you should just probably have a, a, a checkup and, and that sort of thing and I said okay fine you know let, let's schedule it in mm. done yeah you know, mm. so I booked an appointment and um, I went literally the, the Friday before I flew out to Zanzibar on the Saturday and then came back from Zanzibar a week later and I get this call from the doctor's office and the reception lady says to me she says you need to come in and see the doctor and uh, hmm. now that's never a good phone call it's never a good phone call because if it's not no. too bad she can usually tell you what the deal is yes but when she yeah. says you've got to come in you know it's bad there's something happening yeah and so i went in and uh, yeah the doctor said to me he said you know you've got we've picked up that you've got cancer and um you know we want to send you for some more tests and scans and all the stuff so so that was really the start of the journey right and, uh, so so what was your reaction when you got that news i mean immediately you hear you've got cancer what was your reaction well disbelief because <laughs> it was it yeah. was interesting um at that stage i was i was running marathons so i was right. i was running yeah. between 140 and 160 kilometers a week oh my gosh yeah so 
Wow. I was fit. So you're fit. I'm fit, you know, and, and I mean, you look at me now, it's a little bit of a different story, but, but at that stage, I was really fit and, <laughs> and, and fairly lean. And so you kind of don't expect something like that to happen to you. Mm. So no. there's that disbelief and you sort of think, well, maybe he's got it wrong or you know, you know, let's go for these tests yeah. and prove him wrong or mm. something like that. Mm. But in the back of my mind, it, it was also very real. Um, and, and, and yeah, so I, I went for the tests and found out that, yeah, it was. I, I had cancer, a colon cancer. Um, it was exceptionally aggressive. Wow! When they did the scans, um, they literally said to me, "You've got about six weeks to live." Oh my gosh! Wow! Yeah. So, so how do you respond to that? Uh, the, the awesome thing is, is I was a Christian, and, and so I could actually just take it to God and say, "Look, Lord, I don't know how to respond to that. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know yeah. what to do right now because being told you've got six weeks, yeah, is." Very little time. Somewhat confronting. Somewhat confronting, you know. And I yes. kind of thought, well, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd become a Christian seven years before and I thought I was I was starting on this whole Christian journey and I, I, I you know, enrolled to become yeah. a pastor and I trained and all this sort of stuff. Wow. And I kind of thought, like, you know, all this stuff was happening in a, in a positive sense and now suddenly you get hit with this curveball, you know, this cancer curveball. And, and, and uh, it was interesting because when I went to the one specialist who, who referred me to a surgeon – he said to me, he said, oh, Hilton, he says, there's really two surgeons I would recommend. And I said, okay, cool. But I said, you know, when I've been praying, God had told me the name of the surgeon I needed to go to. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so he said, well, was that, that one of the two? That was one of the two. Right. The, the interesting thing was that that particular surgeon, so he phones the surgeon and he says to the surgeon, well, you know, we'd like to book Hilton in to have, you know, this tumor cut out of his colon, et cetera, et cetera. And the receptionist on the other side says, well, actually, the doctor's on leave for a month. Oh, you got, bearing in mind, you've got six weeks. You've got six weeks. Yeah, you've got six weeks, and uh, yeah, and and so the doctor said to me, he said, "Well, what do you want to do?" I said, "I want to go wait four weeks. Can I get the first appointment when he's back?" Mm. Wow, that's a brave decision. It shows your reliance on God. I think it's fantastic, by the way, that you were prepared to trust what God had told you. Um, even though it had potentially a negative outcome. Yeah, it was. I mean, the doctor still said to me after we put the phone on, he said, that's a very high-risk decision. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I said, I get it. But, you know, when God tells me something, mm. I, I need to stand on that. Mm. You know? And so yeah, I said, if God said he's the surgeon, I've got to do it. Can I park that for a moment? Mm. Because at this stage – it seems that you, you didn't wrestle. I mean, you had doubts and you had, I suppose, fears and maybe unanswered questions. But some of us, and, and perhaps even myself, would have gone to the Lord and gone, why me? What is this all yeah. about? Like, I would have had this wrestle and perhaps a very strong conversation with the Lord about why. Like, I, I was, what, what is this? I was having those conversations. You did? Okay. <laughs> I was really angry with God. Okay. I was very, very angry with God. And I was having those conversations. But in the same you know, sort of breath, I was also saying, okay, Lord. But I need you. I need you now more than ever. Yeah. And if, if, if this yeah. is what is happening with my life, I've, I'm trusting you 150%. Mm. And, and if you're saying that's the surgeon, I'm going to trust you in that. I'm still going to have a sideline argument with you of, of this whole thing because I really don't like the situation. But, but, but I'll, I'll conform to, to that which you said, sure. you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So before we launch back into the story, let, let's just ask, were you you're married at this stage? You had kids, young yeah. kids? Yeah. What was their response to all of this? It, it, was, it was difficult. You know, I mean, 
you know, for anybody in the in the family, uh, you know, getting that kind of news is not easy, and and yes. actually breaking that news to to your family is not easy. Um, and I, and I think that the incredible thing was that as Christians, we we have a faith, we have we have a hope of the future, mm-hmm. um, and and we know God always answers prayer, but He doesn't always answer prayer in the way we always wanted answered. <laughs> so you always got that real sort of aspect of it and, and and yeah so whilst the family were shocked um yeah. supportive but also asking a whole lot of questions mm. you know and and yeah. i think that was the thing was once the severity of it came out and and they can't, and you had to be careful because like with my kids it's, it's not easy to tell your kids like you know yeah. dad's like six weeks away from dead yeah i can remember sharing a milkshake with them and explaining that to them and I didn't, you know, sort of do the full six week thing and, you know, gun to the head kind of thing. But, mm. but, but it was, man, it was one of the toughest things to actually sort of sit across the, the table and, yeah. and tell your kids. Yeah. Does it make you think about, um, what, how you had reacted, uh, and dealt with it if you hadn't been a Christian? Did you have that, those sort of thoughts? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, known have known what to do if I, if I wasn't a Christian. Mm. But I knew that. Because I have faith, and ultimately, eternity is where we're all going to end up. <laughs> you know, the, the earthly yeah. existence, you know, is, is insignificant really in the in the bigger picture. Mm. Um, trying to explain that to a few kids is is not easy, but um, you know, they they did get it, um, and and they knew my faith, and they knew, you know, the journey I'd been on, and so, yeah, I, th- I think my daughter was really she's the older of the two, and so she she was probably more aware but also also more understanding of it mm. but yeah it wasn't easy uh and and i think even for them to know that yeah you're going to go through an operation and then a whole lot of treatment afterwards mm. um that in itself was was, was a difficult journey yeah L- let's take a short break and come back and talk about that so we're at this stage in hilton's life where there's been a diagnosis he's now waiting for the surgeon to come and do the surgery Let's hear the other side of this story on the other side of this break. It is Momentum. Tim and Des with you. Our special guest is the CEO of Bible League, Hilton Edwards. Uh, love you to have a quick look around our website as we take a short break, MomentumAustralia.org. We're going to hear the other half of Hilton's story in the other half of the show. Stay tuned. This is Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Well, welcome back to Momentum. Thanks for sticking around and uh, tuning back in. MomentumAustralia.org is the website. And our uh, care line number, by the way, 1-800-000-636. That's 1-800-000-MEN. Love you to give that a call. If you need, do not do this journey alone. And uh, we've got an amazing story that we're going to hear the second part of right now. The CEO of Bible League Australia and New Zealand, Hilton Edwards, is in the studio with us today. Talk about his journey with cancer. And, uh, you know, we've, we've got to the point in your story, Hilton, where you've been diagnosed, you've been given six weeks to live, but the guy who the Lord said, this is the guy that's going to do your surgery, isn't available for another four weeks, yeah. which is cutting it somewhat fine. <laughs> somewhat, yeah. <laughs> you, you've had the conversation with your family, that was really tough. So now you're at this point where you're awaiting surgery, I guess. So pick up the story from there for us. 
Yeah, obviously the the four weeks was really really difficult to wait um, because yes. you, you you do feel like you're in a, a waiting game, but you're you really got a gun to your head as to you're you know, on pause. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, but but pause <laughs> to an end, kind of. It's, yes. it's it's pretty real. Yeah. So it wasn't an easy four weeks, but it it went it went past very very quickly, um, and uh, eventually I was on the yeah on the operating theater table, mm. and uh, it was supposed to be a two hour operation. It was a five and a half hour operation. Wow. Wow. So it was a fast-growing tumor, way bigger than what they expected. When they when they initially found it, it was about the size of a matchbox. Mm-hmm. When they took it out, it was about the size of a grapefruit. Yeah, wow. Can I ask uh, Hilton about that period of the four weeks? Yeah. What was going through your head? How did you deal with that with your friends and you know your family? And how, how did you get through those four weeks? I, I really leaned on God because, you know, yeah. uh, if we rewind two years before that, I was in Australia and I'd been given a prophetic word mm. about coming to work for the Lord in Australia. Mm. <laughs> and so so that was the constant reminder in the back of my head. And I thought, there's no way I can die mm. because that word won't come to pass. Mm. And so that just sort of kept moving me forward because I knew there was some, there was more. When you're in that space, I mean, I suppose there'd be some conflict around that to go, okay, but I was given that two mm. years prior. Mm. Now I'm here and this doesn't look good. Mm. So I suppose on one sense, there could be a sense of confusion, but there might be another sense to go, okay, if that's really true, then I, there's a sense of comfort yeah. around that. Yeah. And it's holding the two, I suppose. And it could be any yeah. given moment. It could be any, any I, or either. You're so right, Tim. I went between those two. Yeah. Opposite ends of the, yeah. the you know, the sort of poles. You know, kind of, it was just that. It was, at one moment, I was so fearful that I was actually going to die. Mm. And at another moment, I was so much at peace because I knew that the Lord had said, Hilton, you're going to go across the seas. You're going to you're going to be used in Australia for ministry, and I, I didn't understand that at all at the mm. time. Mm. Uh, but I trust yeah. God, you know, and and that was just it. Yeah, and yep. so yeah. So your surgery ended up being way longer than you expected. Mm. Tell us about the first moments when you woke up out of surgery. Well, when I woke up, I was in a, a lot of pain, a, a lot of pain. Like I mean, obviously that you know sort of cut open, and 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 then because it was such a long surgery and such a big tumor, that cut a lot bigger than they'd projected and expected and all that sort of stuff so mm. so i was you know sewn up but i was in a, a lot of pain and um you know i remember coming coming around and uh the first thing they said to me was you can just press this button if you're in pain <laughs> and so, so i literally had this you know medication on tap uh, they didn't tell me that you've only got 20 presses of this thing. And right. so I, I pressed it and I ran out. <laughs> You're still not out of the woods yet, let's be no, honest. So, I mean, this is early days for you. Mm. So I suppose then tell us about the next few weeks for you and the recovery. And then obviously, you, I suppose you would have had follow-up treatment. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I then went into six months of chemo. So after the operation, uh, a little bit right. of recovery time, six months of chemo, three months of, of radiation therapy. Uh, eight weeks of electron therapy. Oh so really just every kind of therapy they could throw at me. And, and they always told me it was precautionary, which I just don't get it. Man. Either you need to do it or you don't. <laughs> What's this precautionary stuff, you know? And, and so much precautionary stuff. You yes. know, sort of thing. Yes, I didn't realize, right. but it, what I realized afterwards was that when you've had cancer, the best time to fight it is the first time. Mm. And, and at the same time, you know, the Holy Spirit also said to me, you know, you need to start doing stuff in your life for yourself to help you fight getting cancer again. Because obviously, mm. once you've had cancer, the chance of getting cancer again is doubled. Mm. 
which yeah. is which mm. is scary odds mm. you know kind of thing it's like yeah. you know um and and at, and at that stage i was i was gonna come to australia because mm. that was the prophetic word i got that was what i was standing on and, yeah. and and so but i didn't realize that you can't come to australia until your cancer count in your blood is at an acceptable level right and so i went I was finished the treatment in April. In August, I went to the to the doctor uh, that did the the testing for 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 Oz to, to you know to medically declare you okay. Mm. And he looked at he looked at my results and he said, "Your histology tells me that you finished cancer treatment in April this year." I said, "Yep, that's correct." Mm. He says, "But your 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 bloods tell me that you are twice as healthy as I am." Wow. Wow. God had me on a path uh, to come to Australia. And, and so, yeah, and as much as it was difficult, the cancer journey was tough. It was, you know, I, I, I literally, often I just didn't have energy to do anything. Yeah, I mean, there's so many other things we could talk about. We're running out of time. So just quickly as we wrap up the show, um, a couple of things that you've learned as a result of your journey that stand out that might benefit the guys listening right now. Mm. I think, you know, lean into God because I think, I don't know, I'm – average bloke but I think I often underestimate God's abilities right. <laughs> it's blatantly honest I suppose um, because yeah he carried me man he carried me through that whole journey yeah. um, and, and it's so important to have that network of people around you mm. uh, and, 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 yeah. and go to them you know go to them because I think as blokes we kind of got this tough image or we, or we think we got to be tough mm. but we don't have to be, mm. you know. We can we can mm. lean on God, and we can lean on people around us. We that, that that network that we have around us is so so important. And if you don't have that network, find one, mm. you know, because they yes. they really really help me. Um, and and I think also the other thing is is just you know the the, the cancer battle is is fought in the mind. Mm. You know, mm. God never said this is the end of the road. Mm. And so I believed that God had something for me beyond this cancer. And I, I really believe that for a lot of people who struggle through the cancer journey, you just got to keep your mind focused on, on, on the positive mm. and on Him. Mm. And uh, mm. you, you can get through it because yeah. it is fought in the mind. Yeah. That's really good advice. Really good advice. And an incredible story too. Our special guest this week on Momentum has been the CEO of Bible League Australia and New Zealand, Hilton Edwards. We've heard his story of cancer. And one of the key things that we talk about, Des, and, uh, you know, on Momentum, yeah. and, and Hilton's just said at the end there in confirmation, is don't do life on your own essentially as a bloke. Yeah. You don't need to, you know. Uh, and yeah. it, It's a bit archaic, dare we say, to say that, you know, men now in this society, we need connection. It's healthy for us to have connection. And a point you to the Momentum Care Line once again if you, you feel like a chat with someone about anything that's happening in your life whether it's health related relationship related finance related doesn't matter there's someone who would love to have a chat with you about that it's the Momentum Care Line the number is 1-800-000-636 one 800 triple zero men or 636 of course reach out to the website momentumaustralia.org too if you'd like to connect with Des and I and of course if there's people in your world that you feel like you can have a conversation with we would urge you to reach out to them as well and get connected have conversations that's what it's all about Hilton thank you so much for being on the show today we, we love the story we love the fingerprint of God through that we love the fact that there's been miracles and your advice at the end for the guys listening so we just want to say thank you for coming on Momentum and being so open and honest with your journey man it's been a pleasure my pleasure absolutely I love what you guys do and it's great to partner you've been listening to Momentum a show that helps men succeed in life. 
For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.